the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 what makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. Have fun and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live readings. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar.
are not on the air right now. I don't see any movement of the needles. So something has kicked us off. Let's see if we can get that solved. We'll continue talking here. Bernadette, I hope you'll hang on and join us and when we can get back on the air. You want me to move out of the way here, John, and let you work your magic? Could this, could this microphone be bad? No, uh, this, nothing, nothing, nothing is. This microphone, I don't get, see this mic, this is what goes to this Sure of that. Somebody intended that. Yeah, that looks like it's pulled away. Hey, Sobey. John. No, that does. There you go. I'm. I'm yes. at least. Uh, there we are. Hello, everyone. We are trying to get ourselves on the air here. At least I've got a needle moving. I don't know what that means. We're on the air right now or not? But we did get a needle to move. Thank you for joining us tonight. We hope we get this settled and get this clarified. A little technical issues tonight. This is the Bible Live Quiz Show, and we are making our way through uh, f from the first part of November. We started our 15th year through the Bible. We have read the book of Genesis, and now tonight, this past week, we read chapters 6 through 25 in the book of Exodus. So uh, we hope that you'll be joining us. We're not reading on the radio anymore. We've moved our broadcast to the internet so you can co go to biblelive.com or you can go to crew military cru uh, it used to be campus crusade for christ it's called crew now crewmilitary.org and you'll find there a link that you can join us and you can go and find the bod the podcast find the reading schedule that we're on and for this past week like i said we read exodus chapter 6 through 25. So, and so if you know something about the Bible and, and these major themes and topics, of course, the book of Exodus has to do with the people of Israel coming out of Egypt, uh, out of those uh, 400, 430 years of bondage of um, their, their uh, would you say their lengthy stay? <laughs> they, uh, they were on sabbatical. They started off as honored guests <laughs> on, on sabbatical. That's very good, actually. But they were started out as honored guests, and then uh, somewhere in there, there rose up a pharaoh that didn't know Joseph, uh, and uh, the thing, the situation changed, and they became actually, uh, I suppose you might say, prisoners or hostages there in the land of Egypt. They grew from uh, seventy or so people going down into Egypt. They grew to uh, uh, 
Many hundreds of thousands, um, perhaps over a million or more? Well, approximately two, two and a half million were at Mount Sinai. Uh, that Okay, but that would include people who weren't... Uh, that includes the men, the women, the children, yeah, the and, cats, and, the dogs, and, and, and all the people who went with them. And yeah. the masses that went with them. Yeah. So we, I guess uh, the people, the, the actual Jewish people had expanded uh, um, dramatically, of course, through those... Oh, yeah. It was very dramatic, yeah. Yes, <laughs> very dramatic. <laughs> Uh, so, everything about the Jewish nation is dramatic, right? Uh, traumatic and dramatic. Dramatic and traumatic. Well, anyway, that's what we're doing. We've read Exodus 6 through 25. We're reading about the coming out of exiting Egypt. But yes. also remember in these chapters we cover the great uh, twenty chapter 20 of Exodus, which is uh, God presenting to the people of Israel the Ten Commandments there at the base of Mount Sinai. Yeah, you know, interesting about that, they actually, we use the word commandments in vernacular, uh-huh. but it's actually ten principles. Ten principles? Yeah, that's probably more accurate. I like it, I like it. We, uh-huh. I don't mind principles at all. Um, the principal of my high school was a really nice person. So uh-huh. we he, and he, he said you were our two. Thank you. I appreciate knowing that. Now, <laughs> how did you know? He passed away, I think, about 20 years ago, so uh-huh. how did you know that? Yeah. Um, anyway, we are in the book of Exodus, chapter 6 through 25. Jacob is going to read some questions. It's yes, we are, but we have Bernadette. Remember? Bernadette is on the line, though. Let me see if I can bring her on and to join us. That's uh, Bernadette, are you on the line with us tonight? Yes, I am. I apologize for this rough start tonight. We've uh, been had a hard time getting ourselves up and, uh, and on the uh, air, but we are broadcasting now. So we are, yeah, it has been just getting started. This brand new board here, it's kind of got us a little confused, I think. But anyway, we're on the air right now, and I'd love to hear what you have to say or comment or question. Or I just called to wish you happy Hanukkah. On that the is night. so nice of you. I yeah. appreciate it very, very much. Tell us a little bit about Hanukkah. Would you do that just for us? Us Gentiles who are not a, totally familiar with all of these things, and maybe we have many listeners that are still wondering, well, what is Hanukkah all about? Well, one of the first things I'd like to say is that it's a very minor Jewish holiday. It's not one of the high holy days, okay. and I think it's um, the only reason that it's treated the way it is here in America is because it's near Christmas. Right. And I think that Americans wanted a, a present-giving uh, holiday for the children because um, you know uh, Christian children were getting Christmas presents and right. uh, traditionally it, you don't give gifts on Hanukkah. Um, the only gifts that were given was Hanukkah gelt, and uh, that's what I still do actually with my grandchildren. So um, I think everybody knows the story of why this Hanukkah. Well, I might I might I interject. Well, yeah, I'll let Bernadette finish in just a second. I just want to interject that actually tonight is the first night of Hanukkah, and and it is a little unusual because usually it occurs, as Bernadette well pointed out, generally around Christmas. But we just came off of a leap year, and because of that, this time it occurs earlier than Christmas. But generally, it's around Christmas. So, Bernadette. Tell Soapy what Hanukkah is all about. What is it, a week long or two weeks or what is it? It, It's eight days. Eight days, okay. Yeah, the... That's not the Festival of Lights. Yes, it it? is the Festival of Lights. Okay, okay. Yeah, it celebrates the uh, rededication, which is what Hanukkah means, of the temple um, in... Was it Syria, Jacob? 
Uh, no, this is uh, at when the uh, the Jews took back uh, the temple from the uh, Babylonians, or I'm sorry, from the Syrians. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, from the Syrians. Did. Okay. Um, when they went in to rededicate the temple, they found that the eternal light had only enough oil to burn for one night, and so they sent away for some special sacred oil, and they were told that it would be a week before they would have oil. Well, the one cruise of oil that they had there burned for eight days. And so that's why we light uh, Kindle candles now um, for eight days, starting tonight. And then um, we use a Hanukkah. And then on the last night of Hanukkah, all eight candles are lit, plus the servant candle, which is usually in the middle. Uh, and the candles are not extinguished. The candles are allowed to burn out. So it's a celebration of the rededication of the temple and the miracle that the one cruise of oil that was supposed to last for one night lasted for eight. And, and more or less, uh, when was that? Was, is that a specific date? I guess we do have a specific date in mind when that took place, right? Oh, yes. When that began? All right. And so it's always been there, but now we've been kind of activated uh, for the children and 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 for the economy, I, su- I suppose, and uh, uh, so that Jewish people can join in this time of giving gifts and so on. I, I see what you mean. It has come to a little bit more uh, prominence here in our own country. I'm reading in John chapter 10. It said it was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade, and so on. Now. Is this the only mention of Hanukkah in the New Testament, Jacob? Uh, as far as I know, and and Bernadette, I, 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 you know, I didn't know it was. Yeah, it. I know a lot of people don't realize that our boy Jesus kept Hanukkah. Evidently, that was, uh, uh, and and so he knew what it was, and it, it seems like if Jesus was a, a guy that kept Hanukkah, it seems like it ought to be something that I would think his followers would follow. It seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, no, I'm glad to know about it. And I think it seems to me that more and more uh, believers in the Christian community are coming to understand, well, several things. Uh, it's part of a bigger understanding that we basically have come out of the biblical or the Jewish revelation. We, you know, with the, we worship the same God. We have the same prophets. We uh, respect and regard the same books and writings as, as scripture from God himself. And, of course, the, the Jewish Messiah himself. So we... We've slowly coming to the awareness that we uh, we are the ones who've been grafted in. We basically, I remember telling one Jewish rabbi that he asked me, "How do you define yourself religiously? What what religion do you call yourself?" Because he knew he knew I was a Native American, but and that I was active in terms of the scriptures. But he he hadn't known well what how do you define yourself uh, religiously? And I told him, "Well, see, basically, it may surprise you, but most people, I just tell them I'm Jewish." <laughs> And it really surprised him because uh, I said, well, look, we we worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We, the books, the, the Bible, the same books, the, um, the, the Messiah, the Ten Commandments, the whole bit. We're the ones who have you know, kind of grafted in to uh, come along. And I think slowly we're coming to be aware of that, and that helps us to maybe pick up on themes like, what is Hanukkah? What is uh, what is uh, Yom Kippur? What is, what are these festivals that were so important to the people of God in this in that particular era that they they lived? So it is interesting to hear about it. It truly is, Bernadette. And thank you for 
calling in, calling attention to it. And You're maybe, welcome. Uh, through the evening, uh, we'll have anyone else that would like to call in. We'd love to get greetings, Hanukkah greetings from others of you as well. Thanks, Bernadette. We're gonna, I'm going to be asking Jacob through the evening as well, maybe to give us a little more insight about that. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you, Bernadette. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. There you go. That's the way we like to get started. And uh, So you can give us a call as well. Our phone number is 340-9585, 340-9585. The, um, I was writing that down. Does, did you say 340-9585? You got it. Okay, I was writing it you down. You were listening well. I have to give you a gold star tonight. And oh, no, you, no. Gold stars and Jews don't mix. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. Um, uh, is it uh, the star a, David is not well? Is no, no, the gold star is what Hitler is putting on people, you know. Oh, is that a fact? Yeah. Oh, okay. I won't Yellow do star. A gold star. All right, here we go. We've got. Um, well, I appreciate the thought, <laughs> <laughs> but keep your gold star. I get that. I really do. Um, let's see here what I can do. Um, <laughs> that's like. Uh, Oh, well, never mind. I was trying to think of something you might offer to an, an Apache Indian that yeah. it might not be so so wise either. Yeah. Um, anyway, you can call us 340-9585, or you can call in 877-630-5757. That makes it toll-free. And we're thinking that maybe there are folks listening to us via the Internet across the nation, over in Arizona, up Florida, up New York. Uh, we, knew, we know we have friends there, people who do... Uh, listen in from time to time. So if you'd like to join us on the air tonight, you can call that toll-free number, 877-630-5757. Now, what we normally do is put out some questions for you to answer <clears throat> from our Bible readings this past week. So let's get started. I'm going to ask some questions from the Psalms, 16 through 18. Those are the Psalms. We have a segment of our daily reading. It's called the Wisdom and Worship Segment. So we start off with reading from the Psalms and the Proverbs, and then we read our narrative reading is more lengthy. So you'll see that if you go to BibleLive.com. All right. <clears throat> from the book of Psalms, chapter <clears throat> Psalms chapter 16, verse 3, the Bible advises us, it says, it tells us who should be our earthly Heroes. Now, we are in an era, a time of, of hero worship here in America. That's become part of our culture. We, we uh, magnify and lift up, and we, we follow after these uh, famous people, actors, actresses, musicians, we're athletes. Uh, we kind of lionize them and put them up there on the pedestal and, and uh, make heroes of them. But the Bible tells us who should be our earthly heroes. Look that up and call us in with the answer uh, in Psalm 16, verse 3. Who should be our earthly heroes? And then let me give you another question. Um, <clears throat> let's say, let's, let's look at this, Psalm 17. Psalm 17, verse 14. It says, uh, What is the only kind of reward... The only kind of gain that concerns wicked people. According to the scriptures in Psalm 17, verse 14, what is the only kind of reward that interests wicked people? All right? Give us a call if you know the answer to that. You can look up the answer. It's an open book quiz. Psalm 17, verse 14. Jacob, you have a few questions? From, I uh, do. I do. Thank you All for right. asking. All right. 
Uh, I'd like to start off, and first of all, I'd like to say, since we're doing Exodus, everybody knows Exodus, and uh, anything anybody like to call in, discuss, I, I would like to offer that opportunity. Good. And uh, uh, let's start off with your number one. Okay. Which is, wh- which two plagues, the uh, plagues that God released upon the Egyptians, were Pharaoh's sorcerers also able to imitate? You'll find the answer in Exodus Chapter 7, verse 22. Which two of the plagues was was, uh, Pharaoh's magicians or sorcerers, were they able to imitate? Necromancers, actually, but, you know, sorcerers is fine. Okay. All right, and how about this? Uh, Let's do your number three. Okay? Yes, I like number three. I knew you would. What did Hebrew families do to keep their children safe while God took the firstborn sons of the Egyptians in the tenth and final plague or judgment. All right, everybody should know that one. What yeah. did the uh, God told them ahead of time? He told them what to do, gave them instructions. If you want your children to be safe uh, during this night of judgment that He brought about, what were they supposed to do to keep their children from from being uh, taken, as were the firstborn ch- sons of the Egyptians in that tenth and final? plague, the tenth and final judgment that God poured out on Egypt. You'll find the answer in Exodus chapter 12. Aha. Uh-huh. And listen, if I might uh, throw out as a suggestion, since you mentioned the Ten Commandments, uh-huh. in the Ten Commandments, and I know you know this already, but which... You know I know? Yes, I know wow. you know. Okay. I know you know that you know. I know in my nowhere. Okay. Here, I'm going to ask a kind of a different question, if I may. Uh, well, you're kind of a different kind of guy. Thank you very much. Um, the Which of the Ten Commandments actually forbids human slavery? All right, good. Yeah, yes. and it's, it's kind of a reinterpretation for us. Uh, uh, it, I know because it is. it's not generally uh, understood that way. If I, if I, I, I would say that's generally correct. All right, yes, good. Huh? Which one of the Ten Commandments? Actually, uh, if, you understand, if we understand it correctly, prohibits uh, slavery. Taking, Human slavery. Buying yeah. and selling. Yeah, dogs are okay. Right. You can own a dog. Yeah, All you right. can own that's a dog. Right. There but, you go. Well, there it is. And that's not one of our questions, right? You made that up. I, I, well, yes. Yeah, there you are here, going it, independent again. It, I mean, it, I don't it, know. it just seemed like a good question because almost nobody realizes that actually human slavery is forbidden by God in the Ten Commandments. And I always wonder, what a difference that would make. What if they'd put that in the churches in the South? Now, and could what people... if they had understood? Why did we get... That's a question I want you to ask maybe when we come back from break is, uh-huh. how did we get these... How did it come not to be understood that way? How was it interpreted, translated... Are you going to bring, blame it on the Greeks again? Is that the No, I don't think we should hold the Greeks responsible. But I do wonder what a difference that would make in the South if you put up a, hey, you can't have slaves. But then they could, people could have done it, but they'd have had to meet it head on that they're doing something they're not supposed could to do. Could you give them a hint maybe and tell them which commandment it is? Well, let's see. Uh, is five, it number six? Uh, it's, no, it's number five. Six, seven, eight. It's number eight? Yeah. You say five, six, seven, and eight? It no. can't be all of them. <laughs> I'm count- no, I'm counting. I was counting. Oh, I see. Well, good for you. you uh, I'm glad... All right, folks, there's our music. We're going to come back here in just a few minutes. You can join us, 340-9585. That's the call in line. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563, 344-4563 for their two locations, The Laptop Specialist. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work and we had got our oil done before, it would take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect they received that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. If you're new to San Antonio and want to find a church that fits your needs or just want to learn more about a church in the area, go to the church directory page at kslr.com. That's kslr.com. Thank you for joining us. The Bible Live Quiz Show coming into the Christmas season and the Hanukkah season, as we've just been reminded by Bernadette. You can uh, join us as well, like she did, like others through this time, through this next hour, 340-9585. Let's go to our Mike. phone line and pick up with Mike calling in to join us from San Antonio here. Hi, Mike. Uh, hi, Toby. Hi, Jacob. Hey, how you doing, Mike? Oh, doing good, sir. It's so good to be with you. But, but uh, I've been listening for a long time, and Jacob has explained that um, the slavery commandment 
So I, I, I was ready for it, and I called right away. And it's, um, thou shalt not steal. Oh, amen. Steal. Now we... How yeah. do we, I guess it means steal a man, right? Is that the well, idea? Steal a man. It's a famous kidnapping. Yeah. Uh, slavery is, is, Go for it, Mike. It's, it's permanent kidnapping, and the punishment is death. That's right, because in the next chapter, that's chapter 20, is the Ten Commandments. Uh-huh. 21, 22, 23 actually kind of defines the Ten Commandments for us. And Mike is 100%, right? It's 21, yeah, I, I, 16. Yeah, I am so grateful to your program. You, you've uh, explained many things to um, about the scriptures. See, I wanted to ask, um, now that you're there, Jacob, that friend of yours, was that Bill Samuelson that wrote uh, Bridge to Eternity? Yes, it is. Okay, I, I, I listened to that program very carefully. Uh, uh, he was there when the German soldiers invaded um I can't remember the country, but he got up close because they were throwing candy to the children. Uh-huh. And he looked at a belt buckle and said, and yes. it said, God is with us. That is right. And, That's and, what the Germans wore in the belt buckle, yes. Yeah, well, I, I can't believe it. I, it's, it's so hard to believe. But, but anyway, um, I, I wanted to ask, I, I've been reading uh, Exodus and um, Leviticus, and I, I've been so upset about the sacrificial system and all the blood and and throwing the blood and put the blood on your right ear lobe and your right thumb and your right toe. And I said to myself, well, that's awfully messy, and I don't think... So will the sacrificial system be reestablished once the... um, the 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 the, the uh, Temple Mount is is re, re uh, possessed by the Jews, and, and and maybe the Temple rebuilt, or is that the idea as well? Yeah, you're talking to Mike or me. I think he's asking you that question, Michael. Uh, Michael, thank Mike. you, Michael, Michael. Let me hang up on you and let you listen there on the air, okay? Oh yes, sir. Thank you for calling, Mike. Oh, okay, thank you. All right, Jacob, let's, let's hear this, because I'm interested as well. Okay, all right. Now, here's the deal. Do the Jews think there'll be a third temple? The answer is yes. Now, many of the commandments, there are 613. Six plus one is seven, plus three is ten. You can find the, all those embodied in the Ten Commandments. Okay? Now, do, you, you do let the, me, yeah. the way The way I've come uh-huh. to understand it is that you have the Ten Commandments, and then the next, the rest of the book of Exodus and on into Leviticus in particular... And maybe even Deuteronomy, as you go further, is basically expanding on the principles, those basic ten principles, giving real-life examples of their application. They're not meant to be exhaustive necessarily, right? Uh, that's right. That's really why a better word of the Ten Commandments is really ten principles, because kind of as you say, the all grows out of that. It's a system of justice. But yes, they do believe there will be a third temple. And many of these commandments that we're referring to, as people will say, well, don't the Jews keep uh, animal sacrifices? How come they don't do it anymore? Well, because they can only be done when the temple, and if you read the commandments closely, they can only be done when the temple is standing, and they must be done in Israel, in Jerusalem, at the temple. So many of the 613 actually probably over two-thirds of them can only be done in Israel at the time of the temple. So, but, so Mike's gone. I have a counter-thought with you, Sophie. All right, all right. Tell me something. Do you, everybody says, oh, the sacrifices are gone. I'm always so fond of responding with this, and I'm finding myself very fondly thinking of this at this moment. Tell me, Sophie, do, when you eat, do you occasionally say grace over your food? 
Almost always. Almost always. Okay, well, okay. Now, would you be... Even when I eat out with you. Would you... Well, (laughs) yes. uh And would you be interested in uh, building on this thought? Your author, and actually from the accent in a way in the Hebrew too, is your table. And everything on your table, your altar was once alive. It died. It also was sacrificed to feed to you. And does not Jesus tell you you are the temple? Aha. So the sacrifice is far from being stopped. They go on almost every meal. People say grace over them. And everything on your table was sacrificed or died so that they could be offered to the temple, you, and you could live. I've always liked that thought. I remember the first time you said that. I thought, I like that. It's kind of a... I, I, and I don't see anything particularly, uh, not particularly stretching anything. I mean, I think it's in the spirit of what the what the sacrifices were all about, and in, in offering to God, acknowledging God, giving thanks to God, worshiping God. Uh, so I, I, I'm I like it a lot myself. I think it's a very good uh, a good application. I do want to go back to what Mike said. Thank you. I do too. Okay. I want to go back to what Mike said the, the, kind of quickly, the reference there, because I think a lot of people who read the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, um, for some reason, and I, and I don't like this, I never have liked this, and I think it's wrong, they think, oh, well, the Old Testament, that's old, and that was primitive, and that's way back then, and uh, it's just, it's outdated, and now the new, that the new is what it's all about. And I just... I think we're missing so very much because you can't understand the New Testament without a, that understanding. It's built on a, on and comes out of that foundation of that is laid for us in the Hebrew Scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, Jesus didn't just appear out of nowhere, out of nothing, and start up this new thing. He 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 himself acknowledged he he didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill it. He. He came to fulfill what uh-huh. was already established in the it, Hebrew Scriptures. May, may I ask you, is yeah. that what the verse says? Uh, did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Right? Uh, is, that, is that the verse? I don't know. Okay. I, I'm just off the top of my head. Okay, well, let, let's put something else on top of your head. Okay, okay. But I do want to give my question, and, and that is, <laughs> a lot of people thinking about the Hebrew Scriptures in that outdated sort of... Uh, and, and uh, antiquated sort of yeah. mindset, uh, and, and like Michael just mentioned, well, the, the blood and it was it was yeah. kind of primitive, and there yeah. was this blood and all. And I, I think I just think it's a it's a they it's a wrong mindset and understanding of what was taking place at the tabernacle at mm-hmm. the time of the offerings at the brazen altar and so on. We have to understand what was what was all taking place there, because it does. I guess some people kind of get offended or they. In some way, but all the blood, and they yeah. think, what's Well, I, I appreciate what Michael was saying. And Michael is correct. From the Old Hebrew, and that's actually number eight in the Hebrew Bible, is okay. the commandment, the principle. And it says, you, know, you shall not steal. That Hebrew word actually is, shall not steal a man. And in the next two, three chapters, 21, 22, 23, but we'll talk specifically about chapter 21 of Exodus. Uh And let me read, and Michael nailed it right on the money. And 2116. Now the modern version uses the word kidnaps, but the old King James used the word, actually uses the correct, the precise translation. Man stealing. uh, It's man stealing or steals a man. But Uh I'll read it to you this way. 
2116, which is kind of dealing with explaining the Ten Commandments. It says, one who kidnaps or steals a man and sells him, or if he is found to have been in his power, shall surely be put to death. Slavery, stealing, was referring to stealing a man. No slaves. And if you force somebody to be a slave and you keep them or you sell them, it's a death penalty. It's a capital and crime, yeah. That's right. So these people didn't like slavery. They just came out of slavery. They didn't like it at all. And they were not going to endorse it mm-hmm. or allow slaves. Now, people are supposed to come back usually to me and they'll say, but the Bible says, God says you can have a slave. Oh, incorrect, the uh, user respond. That is not what that's talking about. Because if you look at the beginning of chapter 21, which begins explaining it, and I'm reading from the Hebrew translation, mm-hmm. it goes, uh, these are the ordinances that you shall place before them, the Jews, and all the people of Mount Sinai. If you buy a Jewish bondsman, and he shall work for you six years, and in the seventh he shall be set free. Okay, now why is that? Because... The only two ways, two ways you can be a, quote-unquote, servant or slave. By the way, servant, slave in Hebrew is the same word. It's the word eved, same word. And this was talking about, does it matter that this is talking about a Hebrew slave? Uh, no, uh, we'll Not get to that. No, we'll get to that in just a second because okay. it says all people are treated equally. Okay, but he's laying the groundwork that this is it. Then he adds another one later on that says everybody gets the same treatment. But what this is about is there's only two ways in the Bible. And an ancient and even modern Jewish understanding is this. There's only two ways you can become, quote-unquote, a slave. One is if you're like a baseball player. I sign a contract. You give me a million bucks, I'll play ball for you for a year. Okay, I got a contract. Okay, so that's my time. The other way is if I am a thief. If I steal something and I have a, and I steal a hundred bucks from you, I can give you back the hundred bucks, but that's not enough because then the lesson there is, well, better luck next time. Maybe and get away with it. But the, so that's why the rule is I must give you your hundred bucks that I stole, and I must give you a hundred for myself. I must do to myself what I did to you. I under, so I understand it. Now, what happens if I don't have your hundred? I certainly don't have two hundred. Then I have to go to work for you, and I work off that amount of money. If I'm getting paid 50 bucks an hour, I work for that many hours, it equals the 100 bucks. But now here's the zinger. The rest of the laws come in and do it around me that match up with this, and you're the victim, and yet you must teach me the Torah, the laws of God, while I am working off what I stole from you. And then when you set me free, and you were the victim, you have to actually provide for me to set me up in business so that I no longer have to be a thief. Now, what an unusual system. And I know we don't do that. And some people will say, oh, that's so hard to do. Okay, maybe it is hard to do. But, you know, what would happen if we actually tried it one time? I'm kind of, let's say, let's give it a shot, see what happens. I've done that before, actually, to be honest. Uh, Now that I think of it in the terms you... I didn't realize I was doing it, but, you know, someone uh, comes along, they did harm to us, and they're willing to make up. So we so we work with them and help them and grow, and then try to help them get started in a right. new life, in a new direction. I mean, that's that's the principle of what you're saying, sure. right? That's so, right, sure. Uh, I think that does probably happen more than we know without really actually even knowing that it's mandated or that's the direction that we get from the Scriptures. Right. A lot of people do that, I think. Just almost naturally. 
Well, because they care about people and they care about the person. It depends on your God and on your laws of the God you believe in. If you believe in a God, every false God has their own rules and only their own laws. And I don't want to take a shot at Muslims, but here it goes. But they have a certain law, and their view, their religion has their their God has their laws, such as you'd cut off a man's hand for stealing. Well. That word seems terribly disproportionate to a Christian or a Jew because you know, people make their living with their hands. So my hand did something bad. I stole a loaf of bread to feed my family because they're hungry. I kept my hand cut off. That is so disproportionate. That's not justice. But in that particular God, that's what he can, tells his followers, that that is justice. But for the Jew, for the Christian, that's not justice. Excellent. Well, that's a good that's a good example. I I, I would say as well. Uh, well, well, I, and I want to add to that just the fact that that's what the whole point of this famous statement, "An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth," is about. Is that it wasn't saying literally an eye for an eye and you, someone knocks a tooth, you take a tooth. The the point was is that make the punishment proportionate to the crime and make exactly. it fit the crime. Uh-huh. And that's an. I think it's an important. And, and it was. It wasn't a prescription for revenge. It was a limitation on justice. Very good. Excellent. Well, there you go. There we're getting into some of the books, uh, into the laws that come out, that come to us from the Book of Exodus. We read, cha- read chapters six through twenty-five this past week, and uh, I want to reiterate that you can go to BibleLive.com. We're working on it every day. I've got our webmaster putting all. We're uploading all of the uh, all 260 of the bible readings plus the commentary that we've given over the years uh, to uh, each of those bible readings in the same schedule we're following the same bible reading schedule that we have for many years starting somewhere around the first of november we start reading through uh with the book of genesis and read through the entire bible so you'll find the reading schedule as well at biblelive.com biblelive.com You'll find the reading schedule, and you'll find the readings themselves. You can go and find them and download the podcast or listen to it right there on your computer. So we can still make our way through the scriptures together. We're we're hammering it out and getting it together every day, trying to get as quickly as we can the thing to put together so that you can join us. But then here on the weekend, on Sunday evenings, we get a chance to uh, ask you some questions from those readings and let you answer and get us a little deeper into a study of those scriptures. One thing I want us to look at tonight, Jacob, if I can, uh, is even right now we have a listener on the line. Yes, you we'll do. We'll be joining him in just a moment with Rich. We'll be talking to you, Rich. Don't go away. Just a second. And we did accidentally lose a caller. It was accidental. It was Tim. Tim. Okay. Maybe and Tim so, Tim, please, it was well. an accident. All right. We'll accept your call if and you call Rich back. will be right with you. I want us to talk a little bit tonight, if we can, Jacob. Maybe one of our callers will lead us into this a little bit. Uh, a little bit about the, some of the things that are happening in our world today with uh, uh, the, the massacres and the killing of, of people uh, overseas uh, not long ago in France and then, of course, in our own country over in California and other places. We have this idea of terrorism, Islamic uh, extremism or whatever it's called, yeah. um, all the different things. A lot is being made of what we're even calling it, you know, uh, to be honest. And so I'm trying to – I'd like to see how – how does the biblical narrative and the biblical worldview, the view that we get from the scriptures as believers, as followers after the, the God of the Bible, 
Uh, I'd like to see a little bit, uh, we can talk a little bit about its relevance for today. That it's not just a book for way back then and it guided the people of Israel in that moment, in that historic moment, but the principles are still valid and, and will still lead us to blessing and to prosperity and to and, and security and so on if we follow those principles even today. It's because uh, I think a lot of people are despairing, uh, the, the, you know, kind of the world's going to heck in a handbasket and there's nothing we can do about it and so on. But if we turn to the God, true and living God and the God of the scriptures, seems like you know we can still make a difference. All right. So I want you to talk to that in just a moment. Let's go right now, though, and visit with uh, Rich. Rich. Rich is on the air with us. Hi, Rich. Hey, Sophie. Hey, uh, can I ask Jacob a question? You, you sure reminded can. Me of something that happened many years ago, and he brought it back to my um, mind. Okay. Uh, he was talking about indentured and helping people uh, start in their business and all that if they become indentured to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for a factory that made aluminum and window frames, you know, for storm windows. And there was a Jewish man working there. He was... Well, he was really, I'm 77, so he, I call him a boy. He was about 22. Um, he told me that, the, and I'm not a cynical person, uh, please note that. Uh, he told me that the Jewish people help their offsprings, or their relatives help the, the other offsprings, in business three times. Is that true? Well, I don't know about the three times, but the other part is true. Um, they do have, actually, they have an interest-free loan system, especially if somebody needs help paying their electric or utility bills. You can go get it. That is true. Each synagogue, each temple, they do maintain that. They maintain it, and you can call and ask. Of course, they direct it generally towards uh, uh, Jews that need help paying their, getting groceries, getting medical bills, that kind of thing. No, I mean like starting a business, Jacob. Uh, you can, yes. They will go out. They actually do have a fund that will many times help somebody set up a business. That is true. There's not a three-time limit on that? Uh, I, I, I hope not. Okay. <laughs> he, he told me there was a three-time limit, so I asked him, I said, well, why, why are you? I wasn't being snotty with him. I said, "Why, why are you working here?" I said, uh, "What, what happened?" He said, "I failed three times." Well, it's a you know. I hate to say this, but uh, you know, there is. I mean, it's logical that there'd be a limit on it because somewhere along the line, you can't keep throwing good money after bad. That's true. But you don't know of any formal idea of three uh, times. I am not aware of a limitation, but other than common sense and practicality. Well, after many years, you brought it, you brought it back to me uh, <laughs> when you started talking about that, and so I thought, I've got to ask. Thank I you just, for calling, Rich. I appreciate it. Maybe they took right. it from baseball, three strikes and you're hey, out. Hey, he you know? before he goes, can okay. I, can don't, I ask, don't go away. Rich, can I ask you a question? Sure you can. I'm, I'm honest about everything. Well, okay. All right. Well, honest, Rich, I'd like to ask you something. Um, yes. Okay. Listen, since we're talking about Exodus, etc., uh, do you know? Ancient, uh, do you know what was so exciting? And I'm going to use these words: exciting, important, and God just couldn't wait to give it to the Jews and the others who were with them out of Egypt. It's in chapter 12 of Exodus. But what was so important? To God that he couldn't wait till the night to Passover to give it to the Jews, and he gave it to them before the night of the Passover. Oh Lord! Uh, yeah, you got the right guy in mind. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was him. Uh, 
You know, I know what happened on the Passover, but... Uh, he gave them something that night? Is that what you're saying, uh, In chapter 12, uh-huh. uh, in chapter 12 of Exodus, that was the daytime before uh-huh. of the evening of the Passover. Mm-hmm. He gave them something that God, I'm going to use these words, was so excited about he had to give it to them before the night of Passover. Mm-hmm. Well, all, I, all I can think about is... Gold, silver, and their belongings. That's all I can... Oh, okay. Well, that, that was one of the things that was given to them as they exited. Yeah, Egypt. they had to have that because they had uh-huh. to have it to make the ark when they got out in the desert. See? All right. Okay, I'm looking as well, but I don't. I'm trying to find it quickly. Can you get? I can't think of. I, I can. I can't think of a thing, Jacob. Okay. Well, don't hang up. Just yeah, go ahead. Right. I mean, don't leave us. Uh, he's going to give you the answer, Rich, on the air here. Okay. Yes, uh, you're going to find it. It actually starts in the, uh, several verses, but the first is Exodus 12:1. He, say, he says, this shall be the beginning of your years. What it was so oh, exciting okay. to God, calendar. he had to give a calendar. That's right. Now, the question is why, before the night of Passover, why would it be so important to say, hey, this is going to be the beginning of your life. It's going to be the start of your year, months, your years. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, right? Yeah, this, exactly this so. But why is a calendar of all things, why is a calendar so important to God before the night of Passover? It's in chapter 12, but we don't get to the evening of Passover till the, you know, till the Passover. Right. But it From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. All right. Now, uh, Honest Rich... Do you have? Uh, oh, I know you're gone. I guess, but the um, you see the idea is this: that what is the idea of, that occurs in Exodus that we're reading? What is Passover about? It's the day of freedom. And why would a person need a calendar? Because a person that's free needs a calendar. Because a free person owns their own days. A slave doesn't need a calendar because he don't own his own days. So God had to say, you got to know how to control your days so you know when to do the days I've told you to do, the Passover, the, the getting the Ten Commandments, all the days and holidays I've told you about. If you can't own your own days, then you're not a free man. So they begin to develop their own calendar, their own traditions, their own festival days, their own their own priorities of their lives as a people. That's a, that's very interesting. Very good. Yep, I like it. I like it a whole lot. Let's go to another line. We have another caller. His name is Tim. He has indeed called us back. Uh, Tim, good to hear from you. Hey, how you doing, so I'm doing great, my friend. What's up out there? Oh, just a lot of foolishness. I love to hear from you from time to time. You're always sending me some really interesting ice cream uh, uh, <laughs> c- coupons and things. I like that. I pre- I got a grandbaby now, so that helps me out a lot. All right. Okay. Thank you. Go ahead and sign them up. You betcha. All right. <laughs> You'll see I think you. I need to send you my, my updated list, though. Okay. Well, you cannot. I said I need to. That's right. I'll be looking forward to hearing from you. What do you got on your mind tonight? What you got a question or a comment or an answer? Well, I think uh, the Psalm sixteen and three. Who, who, um, who should be our earthly heroes? Yeah, which would which would be the the saints? You know that that. Um, well. The, the, the Tim Tebow's of the world, the godly people of the land. That's that's right, exactly right. Right. We should instead of looking for the wealth or fame or that sort of thing, power, we should mm-hmm. look to godly people and make them the heroes for our young people for, and help them to look up to men and women of integrity, men and women who are committed to 
live a life of righteousness and treating people right and, and so on. So, that, yeah, that's exactly the right answer, Tim. Thanks for giving that. That's, that's a clear command. That's a clear guidance from the Scriptures for us from, from Psalm chapter 16. Let me ask you another question while we've got you on the line, just so you can help clarify one of these for us. Um, I'm going to ask you a question from the book of Exodus. Is that already? Is that all right? I, I think you'll know the answer. While still living in Egypt, Tim, while they were still living in Egypt, God gave the Israelites instructions for a, a particular celebration, an annual celebration of their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. What is this day of commemoration called? Are you talking about Passover? Yes, we are talking about Passover. Give him a ring. Give him a ring. Yeah, there you go. It's called Passover. And tell us, why was that such a strange name, Passover? Maybe someone's listening and think, well, that's a weird name. What are the, why did they call it Passover? Well, that was the time when, if you added Exodus 12, I believe. I think you're right. Yep. They were they were to um, the, the Israelites were to take a, a one year old male. It could have been a, a sheep or a goat. Sacrifice it, take the blood, put it along the side and and, and above the door post. So when 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 the Lord sends sends the angel down to uh, the angel of judgment, the angel of death, yes, right to go and. and they're going to pass over the houses that that were marked with the blood. Marked with the blood, yes, indeed. Beautiful, beautiful picture, not only for that moment, uh, but a beautiful picture of our own redemption uh, the, marked uh, by the blood. The people. Uh, what's, what's your friend's name, Sobe? This is Tim. Hey, Tim. Uh-huh. Uh, how come they didn't put it on the roof or the windows, but only on the door frame? Jacob's going to answer that question for us when we come back from this break. All right, Tim, thanks for calling, pal. Good to uh-huh. talk to you. All right, thanks. Uh huh. There we go. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. That's our number. You can trust when it comes to services for your home or family. We call them our home team. Businesses that will do a great job for you and at a fair rate. Businesses like Brain Balance, Stevens Roofing and Remodeling, and Belden's Automotive and Tire, with six locations in San Antonio and Bernie. Belden's is a full automotive repair garage offering service to both foreign and domestic vehicles. Belden's Automotive, part of the home team at KSLR. Have you picked up your copy of The Beacon this month? The Beacon is San Antonio's largest Christian publication that brings you relevant articles and news about faith, family, and the community. Here are the headlines for The Beacon's December issue. On page one, Amy Morgan writes about pancreatic cancer doctor Mahendra Patel, who throws a Christmas party with Santa for patients he treats with compassion and faith in The Spirit of Giving. On page three, Patty Richter writes about an organization with a helping hand extended to San Antonio's homeless in her article, San Antonio Rescue Mission, for the least, the last, the lost. On page 15, we're all familiar with the roles in a Christmas pageant, but Patty Richter writes about the entire nativity story beginning with the priest Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth. In her reflection, a chosen cast of characters. So pick up your copy of The Beacon today at over 300 distribution points across the city. For more information about The Beacon, log on to sabeacon.com. Well, Monday, it's day three of our 12 days of Christmas contest, and at 525, right after Maranatha Bible Church, be the third caller, and you'll win all three prizes. 
That's tickets to Holiday in the Park at Fiesta, Texas, lunch at Magnolia Pancake House, and a lovely box of chocolates from Chocolat Chocolate Factory. Sing it in the song, you'll win a bonus prize. Print out that full list at KSLR.com. It's the 12 Days of Christmas on AM 630 KSLR. Sponsored by Chocolat Chocolate Factory and Mark Sadowski Jewelers. For all of you who love to give thoughtful holiday cards that are a true reflection of you. For all of you who love the holiday cards you send to make it to the mantles and refrigerators of your loved ones. For all of you who are inspired to create your own holiday cards and just need the simple tools to bring your holiday vision to life. For all of you, there's Vistaprint.com. At Vistaprint.com, making your own unique holiday cards is simple and easy. There are hundreds of designs to choose from. You can include your own message, even upload your own photos from Facebook. And right now, there's 60% off. It's our best deal of the season. Plus, right now, during our Black Friday Cyber Monday sale, you can also save on one-of-a-kind gifts like personalized mugs, calendars, canvas prints, and more. And because it's Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. But hurry, this holiday offer ends December 6th. To get 60% off all quantities, styles, sizes, and stocks of personalized holiday cards and save on personalized holiday gifts, go to Vistaprint.com and enter code RADIO60 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, code RADIO60. AM 630 KSLR, KSLR.com, and on ChristianRadio.com. Tune in in the iHeartRadio app. Read the word and hear the word at KSLR.com. AM 630 KSLR, San Antonio, a service of Salem Media Group. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back. Thank you for joining us. This is the last half hour of the Bible Live quiz show. We uh, for tonight. For, t- for tonight. For tonight. For tonight. Yes. Thank you very much. Last half hour for this evening, so we'll put out some more questions. A number of them have been answered now. Uh, one question that is still out there is, according to Psalm seventeen fourteen, what is the only kind of reward or gain that concerns wicked people? I'll give you the answer to that. What it's called? It says that the only kind of reward they're interested in is earthly, temporary, physical rewards. As for a lot of times for the godly, what is important is that eternal, laying up treasures in heaven. As as Messiah said, laying up, laying up treasures for eternity. And in, in, uh, so we can put that question down. That's the answer. To it. Let me give you another question or two from the Psalms. Here's one for you. Both Peter and Paul quoted Psalm 1610. That's one of the Psalms we read this past week. Peter and Psalm quoted Psalm 1610. God will not allow your godly one to rot in the faith. In the I'm sorry, in the grave. God will not allow your godly one to rot in the grave. And uh, both Paul and Peter said this passage refers to whom? Who is this godly one that is referred to in Psalm 16, according to Peter and Paul? 
Peter, Paul, and Mary, right? Uh, you could throw Mary in there. Have a nice, nice trio. Uh, <laughs> uh, never mind. Um, let's see. You may not even know who Peter, Paul, and Mary are, for that matter. Okay, um, let's take Psalm 16. Again, this is Psalm 18, all right? Some of you may be uh, old enough to remember a lady named Debbie Boone. Um, <clears throat> whose daughter was she? she was, uh, Pat, Pat. Pat Boone's daughter, yeah. Debbie Boone. Had a one-hit wonder. She uh, had a hit song uh, some decades back, I guess by now, called You Light Up My Life, and it was based on what verse of Psalm 18? Can you tell us what verse in Psalm 18 was that song based upon? It has a lot to do with Hanukkah lights. Yeah, there you go. That's why, that's why I included it. I'm, of course it is. I'm trying to be very timely and appropriate. Okay, from the book of Exodus... Which two of the ten plagues that God released on the Egyptians were Pharaoh's sorcerers able to imitate? They were to able they were able to imitate the first plague, water turning the water to blood, and the second plague, uh, turning frogs, uh, releasing frogs all over the land. So they were able to somehow imitate those two. I've always thought of that, Jacob. Though in a way, it's kind of humorous. Maybe why God allowed them to do that uh, was. <laughs> They were just adding to their own misery. I, I, it, just more blood and more frogs, right? So, Well, uh, may I offer a more sinister and even somber explanation? I think you may. You, you usually manage to, so that's uh, good. Well, remember, um, actually, in, in the Hebrew text, there's a, some words that suggest things that may be somewhat hidden. But it doesn't come across real clear in English, but that's okay. But remember how the baby children were killed at the beginning in Egypt. Yes. They were drowned. And where were they drowned? In the Nile. In the Nile River. And you see, that covered up the sin of killing children. And so they were first visited with the blood of the children that they were guilty of killing. Isn't that interesting? Yes, it is. It's very interesting. Thank you. Oh, well, please, uh, go right ahead. What, the, uh, those insights are always helpful to us. I never put that together necessarily. Oh. What did Hebrew families do that kept their children safe? Oh, that's been answered. Uh, Tim answered that for us. Yes, he kept did. Kept their children safe while God took the firstborn sons of the Egyptians in that tenth and final judgment, they applied the blood of the lamb or yeah. the goat uh-huh. to the top and to the sides of their doorway. Ah, but we didn't put it on the roof, and, remember? And you were going to explain to us why they didn't put it on the roof and maybe some of the imagery of why they put it on the doorway as it relates to, for example, Jesus' command to be born again or some of the commands about, hey, didn't, didn't Moses get in trouble one time for not circumcising his children or something? It does in Hebrew. Can you relate it, that a little yeah, bit yeah, to this yeah, passage? It's, it's okay. got some of that because it's over the door frame. And without getting too graphic, we all understand what circumcision is, and circumcision is a covenant. Now, the people in the house, all the people, whether they were Jews or not, who was ever inside the house, lived. And they were they lived because they were more or less circumcised out of death. The word is Brit. In Hebrew, the same word for a physical human circumcision is the same word for the covenant over the door. So the people were in the house. In other words, the generations that would give life to continue on 
were in the house. So it was like a circumcision, and symbolically you can easily draw some analogies to a human being, a male, that has... The anatomy of the human being. That's right, and he has a circumcision usually done. And what happens is the future generations are in his body as the future generations were in the house in Egypt. All right. There we are. Let me give you a couple more questions, folks, that you can call in and answer. The phone number is 340-9585, 340-9585. Here's a question. Trusting in God's promise of deliverance from Egypt, how were the people to dress as they ate the roasted lamb or goat, the Passover meal? Now, remember, they were promised that they were going to be taken out of the land and delivered from this bondage to, in Egypt, and so, but they weren't out yet. But they were to do something in faith. They were, they were to take a step of faith and, and to manifest or to display or, or demonstrate their trust in God. They were to eat this final meal, the Passover meal. But they were, um, how were the people to dress as they ate the roasted lamb or goat? Okay, that's found Which in chapter 12, that? verse 11. Number four. Okay. It's found in chapter 12, verse 11. It tells them how they were to dress for that particular meal, all right? You'll be uh, maybe uh, pleasantly surprised by it wasn't a tuxedo or anything formal, but they were to dress in a certain way to take the Passover meal. Do we still do that when we take the Passover meal? I don't think we do, do we? Uh, well, no, but you are commanded to recline and relax. Okay. Uh-huh. All right, here's another question. A theophany, A theophany is a manifestation of God's presence in some physical form. So how did God show his presence with the people of Israel, guiding them in their journey to the promised land? How did God uh, manifest his presence in physical form, in a physical way, to the people of Israel as they uh, made their way across the desert up to the promised land? All right, that's found in chapter 13, verses 21 and 22. Uh, how did God manifest His presence there in the midst of the uh, of the midst of the people? And finally, what is thought to be the oldest recorded song in the world? Now we don't mean recorded uh, like in a sound studio, but written down, recorded. What is thought to be the oldest recorded song in the world? So we can um, take your phone calls now if you'd like to answer any of these questions. It's three four zero. 9585. That's our phone number. And Harold is on the line with us. Hi, Harold. Hi. How you guys doing? We're doing just fine, my friend. What's up with you tonight? You want to answer well, a question did, or I, I, you got a question? I didn't know if somebody answered that question you had, uh, you know, the one you were asking about, uh, you know, you light up my life. Yeah, and all yeah, that. I want to hear that. What verse was that? You want me to sing it to you? Or? Yeah, yeah. You. Oh, come on. Uh, you know, I, that song. Never got off the radio. Everybody well, liked everybody's over life. And over again. It is found Ooh. in chapter 18. Do you know what verses it's found? Oh, my in? God. That song's in the Bible? Yes. Psalm oh, 18. I, Psalm. Did, I did not know that. Yes, and it's found in chapter... Let me find, see if I can find it. Psalm 18, yeah. verses 28 and 29 is what I, my uh, notes say. Let me see. Well, i got to confess something. I just ate a Whataburger. Okay, well, is that... It was very, it? very good. <laughs> How does that relate to Psalm 18? Let's see. I'm not sure. Well, he ate it with the lights on. There you go. That was it. <laughs> or maybe it had to do with the Passover. I don't know. We're, we're talking yeah, about no, I didn't pass it to nobody. Psalm 18, 28, and 29. It says, um, I'm reading the verse now. 
You light a lamp for me. The light, the Lord my God lights up my darkness. In your strength I can crush an army. With my God I can scale any wall. You light up my life. You give me hope to carry on. That was the words of that famous song. And, of course, most people know that Pat Boone was a believer. He was kind of an unusual. Oh, I got a great one. Let's see. Harold knows the music. Okay. Harold, what famous song did Pat Boone write that that was used in a movie theme? Oh, it's about Israel, wasn't it? Yes. You know, I mean, I don't go back that far. I, I really don't know. Okay. Well, listen. I listen. 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 I'm going to sing it. I am going to do at least the first one. It's going to rain, folks. This land is mine. God gave this land to me. You know that song? That's it. It was called from the Exodus. It was. It was called. What was it called? Exodus. Yeah, Exodus. That was the name of the song? It was the name of the movie. I think it's the name of the song. Well, there's so a I, think, I think it's this all. It may be this mine. land is mine. God gave this land to me. I gave this land to me. But what am I but just a man? But with God by my side. Oh, yeah, there you go. All right. We pretty well heard the song, but I was trying to keep it land. This land is your land. No, that's not it. This was a song that went along with the movie, a famous movie called Exodus. It was about a group of people who tried to come out. It was based on a true story. They tried to leave somewhere and they were trying to get into Israel, right? Uh, and they they wouldn't let them or something yeah, on, that, on a boat or a yeah, ship. Yeah. Yeah, some kind. Starring Paul Newman. Paul Newman, actually. How about that? How about okay. that? Well, thank I you, heard something about that this weekend. I was going to answer, well, not me personally, I was going to answer Sophie Dollar's question. Well, because I read it out of the Bible. Oh, I, I can't right. take credit oh, for I writing it. Okay. You but get you credit for looking it up. What's the question you yeah. want to answer? Well, no, the question that you asked was somebody call in and say, talk about what's happening, you know, with all these masses of yeah. things happening. You know, I really don't want to put any titles or anything and, sure. you know, and bring up a bad situation. Now, you're, you're watching all this stuff, Harold. You, we all watch the news. We hear about it going on here in yeah. the world. All the 160-something type different uh, attacks and so on over the last yeah. decade. What do I like you the like? CNN news a lot. That's that's the one I like a lot. Okay. But, I, you know. Uh, but I was, uh, y'all are on Chapter 7, 7 in uh, Exodus, and, and I think, I think this may point to why and what's going on. It's, you know, people know I read the Bible. They know y'all must read a few words. Uh-huh. But I don't think it's enough for God, because if you read, uh, I don't think God can get enough, put it this way. Exodus 7... Chapter 7, verse 3, it says, But I will harden Pharaoh's heart. I think God's hardening some people's hearts. And then, and though Mm, I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. That's something that my wife kind of talked about that, Harold, this week as well, talking about maybe God is doing this to get someone's attention or teach someone a lesson. Maybe this is a, allowing this to call us back to himself more well, in a more I, serious way. It uh, could well, be. I would very, like to suggest that, uh, that little different meaning, because the word in Hebrew is, if I lift weights, my muscle gets harder and stronger. So it's actually, the word is used as strengthens. 
So we translate it in our versions these days about hardens, but it strengthens. What it really is saying is that God beating up on a human and then punishing him for doing what he made him do would be not be a very nice God. So what he's doing is strengthening. He's, he's, kind of, he's letting him have the free will to make his own free will decisions. So then when he punishes him, it is Pharaoh's decision. Giving him enough rope to yeah, hang himself, exactly. I guess. Let's go over and jump over and visit with Joshua, uh-huh. who's calling in here on line three. Hi, Joshua. How are you? tonight. Hello. Good to hear from you. What's going on? Well, I lost track of your show, sadly. I've been <laughs> a pretty good follower since uh, I was rescued from Lower Ridge in 2003. Oh, I'm so excited that you say that. I, we've gone through the scriptures a lot of times together, haven't we? Well, we, we're still, we're not on the air on Monday through Friday any longer, but we've gone to a podcast on the internet. And so you can find the same readings and the same, uh, but of course at any time now, you don't have to wait for that particular hour, but we follow the same reading schedule there on uh, thebiblelive.com or biblelive.com, either one. And so uh, if you want to join us there and continue, you can uh, hear the readings right there on the computer or download them to your apparatus or you know, your smartphone or whatever. But we're going to continue through the readings that way. But here on Sunday nights, we're going to continue uh, reviewing each week the passages that we've read in that former week. So hopefully at least you can join us here on the weekend. But if you want to join us in the day during the days as well, Joshua, we'd love to have you kind of rejoin with us, reunite. We're kind of coming together there on the Internet now. Oh, all right. Thanks. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. It gives me a chance to explain it to our other listeners as well. Good to hear from you, pal. Okay. All right. You take care. You too. Have a good Christmas season. What a good celebration of of uh, this 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 month of the birth of Messiah. We're glad to have you hear from you. Let's go to line number two and talk with Esther. How are you, Esther? All these Bible names calling in Esther and Joshua and then Harold. No, there's no Harold, I don't guess. In the, in uh, no. I don't know. Esther, we're glad to have you join us tonight. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Good to hear I, from you. You had promised earlier to talk to uh, Mike and uh, the rest of the listeners about the uh, scripture that tells us that uh, Jesus fulfilled the law and oh. going to tell us once a minute. And I've been waiting. Oh, good. Yeah, she's right. She's you. right. Your, your, your phone is breaking. Your phone is breaking up a bit. So I'm going to put you on. Go ahead and put you on hold and let you listen on the radio. Okay. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And Sophie, she's right, and you did quote it correctly. You said he came to fulfill the law, but that's not the end of the verse. Okay, okay. It's a comma. All right. And then he gives you two witnesses to stand as to determine when God's law no longer applies. Okay. He says, until heaven and earth pass away. And if where I stand, heaven's there, earth's there. They have not passed away. There's our witnesses, our standards. In other words, I came to fulfill the law, and not one jot or tittle, as they say, yeah, would pass away until heaven and earth pass away. So therefore, if heaven and earth is still there, God's law, according to Jesus, still applies. Now, is that the answer, the explanation that we promised to give? Is that yeah? That's the yeah. Yeah, jump back. I oh, got. He, it. I got. It. He's yeah. strutting around the room here now. Is there? I don't know. I don't know how to put up with this guy. No, a be- beautiful explanation. And yeah, that, that, uh, it is a vi- valuable answer because a lot of believers, and, and uh, we've noted this many times, a, a lot of us who are coming out of the Gentile world, we don't have that great. Background uh, I, I, I hate to tell you this, but that's in the New Testament. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying we don't. A lot of us don't understand that relation of the new to the old. We just 
We just pick up with Jesus, the Savior. He died on the cross for my sins. I'm forgiven. I'm cleansed. Thank you, Lord. And we walk into a confident, secure relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But we don't know a lot of that, the, the former part of the story. Remember, there's only one work of redemption. There's only one Savior, one, one redemptive plan, one redemptive work. But it was rolled out. It was revealed progressively. And so uh, it, it started out long, long, long ago, and, and we had progressive revelation of God and his re- plan of redemption uh, for, to reconcile mankind to himself, to call out a people for himself. And it came to fruition, as we're told in the book of Hebrews, its final, clearest expression in Messiah himself, in, in uh, Jesus of Nazareth. And so we, we, that's, it's rolled up. For those of us who came into, the, into that relationship with God by faith and trust in Messiah and his finished work, we need to, I think it's a point of growth in our lives when we realize that the, the depth and the, the scope of that plan, and it goes back, you know, it, ages, back to the, very, to the very garden of Eden, where he says, I will put enmity between you, the serpent, and woman, and, and, uh, and you will bruise his heel, but he'll crush your head. This first seminal promise of a redeemer, of a savior who would overcome. What did you say? He said he crushed his head? He said that you will, you will, uh, he will wound your heel, uh-huh, but uh-huh. he will crush your head. Well, right? I, uh, yeah, okay, it says okay. that, but let me tell you a little piece of fact here that I Factoid? Hope it's a factoid. Jesus died on the cross, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. His blood dripped down, right? Right. Ah, and he, many, I don't know where we're going okay, with it, it's but okay. I, hang, I feel like I'm being hang on, hang on, because it's worth the trip. Okay. And here's the deal. Uh, he, many versions will say the skull, or some will say Golgotha, right? Uh, Golgotha, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is that? The place of the skull? It's yeah. a, well, no, he, Golgotha. What is that? It was a hill or a mountain right uh, outside of Jerusalem. When David, right? I, only because of time, I'll move along. Okay. Uh, the uh, David, when he chopped off the head of Goliath, where was Goliath from? Gath. David took it back. He Golgotha. Ba- yeah, uh-huh. he is Goliath from Gath, Golgotha. He buried Goliath's head in the mountainside where Jesus was crossed. So the blood, Jesus, he nipped his heel, you might say, but his heel cr- crushed the head of Goliath. That's why it's called Golgotha, because David buried Goliath's head there, Golgotha, Goliath of Goth. I tell you, I just, I, I'm, I'm all, I am constantly amazed at the way these little connections throughout the scriptures you just last week you were telling us about uh this place called moriah this place where abraham uh offered up was going to offer up his son isaac uh and god told him not to do it the angel forbade him and they gave him a substitute a lamb that was caught in the in the brushes over there but and i didn't realize that was where the temple mount that's that's moriah was that that place and and where where jacob laid his head exactly so that's why it says that's why it says when he found the place what place well the place where uh isaac was going to be sacrificed and that is later the temple mount all these little connections that make the scriptures so incredibly fascinating to us well there you have it that's that's Uh, Esther's still on hold i think if you're uh, and really? then we get still got oh Esther's gone okay but Rich is online we four. got Rich in another one okay well, a, a, diff- a different Rich okay. a different Rich a different Rich Rich you're on the line with us this is a another Rich as my grandbaby no no it's the same Rich okay. I just wanted to answer a question okay let's hear it uh, uh, in their Exodus did God guide them I'm, I always go by memory okay did God guide them by a uh, plane. 
An airplane. Yes, you got it. No, no, no. A flame. Oh, yes, indeed. I, I was funny. That's a, yes, a, a, flame. F-L-A-M-E. Yes, I got it. It was a flame by night, but it was something else by day. What was it? I think a cloud by day. A cloud, uh-huh. a cloud by day and uh-huh. a pillar of fire by yeah. night. Exactly. And, and right. the cloud has a name, and everybody knows the name. Everybody uh, knows the name. Really? Yes. And I know the name. You know the name. You're a the, the you're a doctor in Baptist religion. You're a preacher. You're a you know the name. I'm going to be ashamed of myself. I don't no, know. Rich, if no, I know the, just well, be, I'm I'm everybody, but I don't know. Okay. Well, okay. God? What's the name of the cloud? God. You say in English. Oh, the Shekinah. You see, I told you the Shekinah. And uh, Shekinah, Shekinah in Hebrew, Shekinah in English. It's Shekinah. Okay. And by the way, the word Shekinah. Listen to this one. Shekinah. Okay, I'm going to let you go. All right, okay. thanks, Rich. Well, anyway, Shekinah in Hebrew, just like Spanish, there are males and females. Shekinah is a female word. Now, I want you to get this symbolism, this picture, if I may suggest. Okay. Okay, the Jews are coming out, and other people coming with them, a mixed multitude, coming from Egypt. And what happens when... A woman has a baby. The first thing that happens is the water breaks. Right. Now, the cloud, the Shekinah, is a female. So they're coming through. The water breaks, the Red Sea. The kid, children come through. Now, the mama, the Shekinah, leads the children over to Mount Sinai, where God lays down the law. You see the picture? I see the picture. And isn't there a reference to this in Peter over in the New Testament where he talks about, or Hebrews? Where they they use a picture of baptism as Moses going through the waters. Or yes, it, it's it's actually yes, it is. It's in. Uh, it's in. Uh, is it? Hebrew? It's. It, it's. Uh, I think it's Peter. Actually, I maybe think. Peter. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I think. I, I think you're right. <laughs> if I guess enough books, I'll you, probably hear one if you of shoot them. Shoot over right. the whole sky, you will get a duck. Yeah. Both Peter and Paul quoted John uh, Psalm 16, saying, "God will not allow your godly one." Uh, referring to the Messiah, to rot in the grave, and said that the passage refers to the Messiah, to Jesus himself. You can read about that in Acts chapter 2 and in Acts chapter 13 as well. Both of those men are referring to that particular passage from Psalm 16 and relating it to the life of Jesus, the Messiah. Uh, Debbie Boone's hit song, You Light Up My Life, from Psalm 18. Let me see what there are any other questions. We're trying to answer the questions each yes. evening as well, yes. so that Murph, listening out there, he, <laughs> he always calls us. If we don't get it right, if we don't if we don't answer the questions, he calls and says, you've got to answer because I'm trying to learn out here. Uh-huh. Well, trusting in God's promise of deliverance from Egypt, how were the people to dress as they ate the roasted lamb or goat? They were not to lay around in their pajamas. They were to have their traveling clothes on, walking stick in their hand, ready to go, because God was going to lead them out of Egypt. Salvation is not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. That's a great lesson for us from that passage. Well, there you've done it. Click and clack, and us, we've wasted another perfectly good hour and a half. And the oldest recorded song in the Bible is Exodus chapter 15. It's called The Song of Moses. Thanks, folks, for joining us. We've enjoyed it a lot. We'll see you here next Sunday evening on the Bible Live Quiz Show. Thank you. Good night. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 
7218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.